WCDN FM Ann Arbor, keeping Richard Nixon's vision of peace and global unity alive with sounds and music from all the cultures of all the people all over the world. If we had good music playing for people in the happy society on the streets, you know, I feel like uh, my music. Uh, I have a new record coming out. I feel like, well, maybe this time they'll hear it. Well, it's about 6.30 p.m. Uh, welcome to another edition of Gray Matters here on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Yep, I've been uh, <laughs> reading some more new books uh, out about the Nixon tapes. Kind of interesting stuff. Uh, maybe we'll have some reportage on that in a couple of weeks. Um, <clears throat> obviously, a very interesting Kind of big week in the news in terms of, you know, what happened in the Arabian Peninsula, for instance. You have a coup d'etat in Yemen almost on the same day that the monarch of Saudi Arabia dies. And indeed, Obama is actually detouring and cutting short his trip to India to make a uh, show of respect to the Saudi new government. I guess my only remark on the Saudi situation is I think it's kind of bizarre to name a uh, 79-year-old king, King Salman, I guess is his name, as the uh, successor, another half-brother uh, in this kind of strange house of Plantagenet, <laughs> uh, who's allegedly in poor health, so he probably won't be around very long. Um, King Abdullah, of course, had actually functioned as the king even before he took the so-called official reigns because King Fahd, the previous guy, had health problems. So this is starting to kind of resemble the tottering <laughs> remnants of the end of the Soviet Union. Uh, you'll recall, of course, that they, after Brezhnev died, and most of the experts claim he hung on too long, uh, because he had suffered, apparently, some strokes that uh, greatly incapacitated him before he actually died. They put in uh, the head of the KGB, not unlike Putin, uh, and drop off, and he lasted a couple of years. And then they put in a guy that I don't even think lasted a year, Chernenko. So the beneficiary, finally, of uh, all of the, the Soviet uh, leadership chaos was Ronald Reagan, because Gorbachev came in, and he actually had some new ideas and fresh ideas. And when I hear that the uh, last king was a an agent of change and reform in which he allowed women to work as cashiers in supermarkets and Walmarts and whatnot. Slowly now, slowly. But not drive. Can't, can't allow them to drive cars. <laughs> uh, you can only say that the Saudi system is still... Uh, a bit of an enig enigma ma masked in a riddle. And uh, generously swaddled in cash. And I pointed out last week that the media and, and the United States doesn't cover Saudi Arabia enough, uh, in my opinion, uh, because obviously there is a 
gigantic proxy war going on in the Middle East between Iran and Saudi Arabia that's part of this chaos in Syria. Um, we don't exactly know who these new rebels from Yemen are, but how strange to see John Boehner, we'll give him a brain damage award and reignite his nickname, John Boner, inviting Benjamin Netanyahu to address Congress on the eve of the Israeli election. This is a terrible idea. Let's forget about all the nonsense about protocol. It's just an improper um, situation regarding the Israeli election. And Netanyahu shouldn't have accepted. <laughs> because now he, of course, is going to give a hawkish speech. Boehner linked Netanyahu's appearance to... Uh, it's clearly also uh, an anti-Obama gesture. Oh, yeah. No, it's definitely, you know, Boehner denied that he was poking anybody in the eye. Uh, I just hope that when they have a uh, maybe a debate about the the new Cuba policy, maybe uh, maybe in a year from now, that Obama calls a special session of Congress in for the summer and that they invite Fidel Castro to give a four-hour harangue, <laughs> assuming he can still deliver such a harangue. Well, they could probably find some uh, vintage uh, newsreel speech uh, from years past and uh, yeah. probably still mostly applies. A hologram. Yeah. <laughs> Modern technology should allow some sort of a facsimile of Fidel Castro well, to address Congress for four hours. Speaking of holograms, is actually the <laughs> reference between the Saudi royalty thing and Boehner's Netanyahu uh, gesture uh, of the Simpsons joke where there's an episode set in the future and the kids are grown up and they're in high school. Uh, why sex on prom night is American is our 51st state, Saudi Israel. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> And, of course, the uh, move to Saudi Arabia as a so-called ally was uh, started by Jimmy Carter. That was the so-called Carter Doctrine in the late 70s, in which he uh, <clears throat> utilized the fact that uh, Sadat had changed his uh, stripes in Egypt. Interestingly enough, by the way, in some of the—I just mentioned some uh, a new Nixon book that I read about the, the tapes. It was actually Sadat who— uh, originated the move to the West. He contacted uh, Kissinger. Kissinger reported this to Nixon in 1971, that he was uh, dissatisfied with the Soviet Union and wanted uh, warmer relations with the United States. So it's kind of the one thing that came out of the Brinkley book, the Douglas Brinkley book on the Watergate tapes that I found very interesting. This book, by the way, focused pretty much exclusively on Nixon, Nixon's foreign policy uh, tapes. So most of the conversations are between Nixon and Kissinger. Some fascinating inside stuff from that era of the Watergate tapes. Um, but, yeah, I, the, you know, it was a kind of a strange week. Obama delivers a State of the Union that uh, wasn't much of a State of the Union. It was more a political—I'm laying down some markers on politics here. Of course, uh, a lot of people watching were just trying to figure out exactly what medications uh, Boehner was on. Looking at his facial responses to everything, uh, lots of Mexican cough syrup. Uh. Well, he's known to uh, be a bit of a drinker. <laughs> if you listen to his press conferences every now and then, you can actually almost detect slurred speech. Uh, the piano has been drinking. <laughs> Not me. Uh, yes, Tom Waits. <laughs> the piano has been drinking. And, of course, uh, the Republicans just had a bizarre week. They weighed back into the... 
ghost of Todd Aiken, I think was his name, the senator, oh, yes. yeah. senatorial candidate from Missouri who uh, started to link abortion and rape. So the House of Representatives has a knockout, dragout bill on placating the right to life that were in uh, Washington, D.C. for one of their annual uh, Roe versus Wade uh, hoot nannies. <laughs> and what does Congress do? They decide to revisit and have open debates about abortion and definitions of rape and whatnot. I mean, Lindsey Graham, who is uh, purportedly a presidential candidate, <clears throat> said, I'm going to need your help to find a way out of this definitional problem with rape. <laughs> definitional. <laughs> Strange stuff. You have a another uh, Republican congressman who, uh, according to Gail Collins's <laughs> column, spoke about the Tea Party's agenda. He said, uh, week one, we had a vote for the speaker. Week two, we debated deporting children. Week three, we were debating rape and incest. And I just can't wait for week four. Representative Charlie Dent of Pennsylvania <laughs> complained to Jeremy Peters of the Times. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, so, what will week four bring on? <laughs> Leave and it what to John bold B new vision for America's future prosperity will the Tea Party have on offer? Yeah, it's it's just a remarkable thing. And, of course, these are the markers that Congress is laying down. So, yeah, look for a lot of gridlock. Uh, <laughs> Obama will probably spend a good amount of time this year uh, going on foreign policy jaunts. Uh, like the so why uh, not? <laughs> trip to India. Yeah. Uh, I personally would have rather seen the Taj Mahal than go to a funeral in Saudi Arabia. Uh, he had to cut short uh, his trip to India, but allegedly uh, the new prime minister of India is very adept at pouring tea. And uh, Obama made a, made a gracious comment that we need more, uh, more tea at the White House where you can just sit around and shoot the, <clears throat> shoot shoot the, the breeze. breeze. Yeah, well... Uh... <laughs> More tea, fewer tea parties, uh, or the construct uh, known as the Tea Party. It's a fairly dubious construct in its origins, as we've outlined on uh, numerous occasions. Uh, but, I mean, we've got, what is it? It's the end of January 2015. Presidential elections aren't for almost two years. Mm -hmm. And yet we're going to be, you know, our sinus cavities are going to be packed solid with nonsense Starting now. Yeah, starting now. Until, you know, uh, the day after when Karl Rove is still trying to put some spin on something. Trying to call Ohio for the Republicans. Uh, that I might mean, happen, uh, by the way, but we'll you've, see. You've got Governor Chris Christie trying to be folksy on the radio. He's doing phone-in the governor show uh, on, I'm sure, the AM dial over there in New Jersey. Well, he's in damage control because of his embrace of Jerry Jones, the Dallas Cowboys owner. I don't know if you know the controversy about that, but uh, New Jersey... Well, Chris Christie's trying to appeal to everybody except the people of New Jersey. <laughs> That's his problem. He has a horrible record. His popularity in New Jersey is plummeting. And then, ironically, you know, we, we talk a lot about football in our culture. And, of course, the Super Bowl is later this week. We won't talk about Deflategate because I think that's a non-issue. Uh, if you get beat by five touchdowns and uh, a field goal, <laughs> the football's uh, air pressure had nothing to do with who well, won also, and who lost. Well, also, if the entire game gets played and no official who handles the ball as often as the players goes, hey, these, there's something wrong here, Yeah, uh, then, then probably there's nothing wrong. 
Well, and or it's all just a big fix, and the NFL is one of the biggest scams. Oh, right. Yeah, as if it, it, it as as if it isn't a scam. <laughs> just ask the Detroit Lions. I mean, <clears throat> pass interference. Oh, uh, no, the official threw the flag. We'll just pick it up and deny that it was interference. Nothing happened. Yeah. There were about eight grounds for pass interference on that play, but uh, yeah, Bobby Jindal, another alleged uh, presidential candidate, <laughs> decides that he's going to wade into the. Uh, the Fox News controversy about the city of Birmingham. We have a Birmingham here in southeast Michigan. In fact, I think we even have a Birmingham Woods as well. Birmingham, of course, uh, a, a city in uh, Great Britain where a Fox News analyst, a expert on terrorism, supposedly <laughs> claimed that Birmingham was a no-go city. That's what he called it uh, regarding Muslims. And then, of course, it turned out that mm. Muslims were about 18% of the population there, but that there were no no-go areas in Birmingham. And then, of course, the joke became, well, we're going to... The British have had a great laugh over this. They've decided to rename their city Birmingham. They've gotten rid of the ham part. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby Jindal, after Fox News par apologizes about this uh, whole fiasco, decides... That he is now an expert, not on Birmingham, Alabama, that might actually help him in a presidential election. He's now going to wade back into the controversy regarding Birmingham, Great Britain. Uh, brain damage to Bobby Jindal. <laughs> Continues to insist <laughs> beep, 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 that beep, there beep. are no-go areas of Birmingham. And, of course, Bobby Jindal's... Uh, well, we were treated to Bobby Jindal's uh, debut in national politics when... He gave the uh, response to the State of the Union several years ago where, quite frankly, it looked like... One of like, Obama's early ones. Yeah. He kind of walked down the stairs. It had a... Somebody characterized it as a scene out of Gone with the Wind. But Bobby Jindal looked like he had spent the night on a coat hanger in the attic. <laughs> he just... He looked horrible, like he hadn't had a night of sleep in four days, and he had this kind of weird grin on his face, and... He was a catastrophe, and remains a catastrophe, a undeclared disaster area. Well, and then there's uh, Mitt Romney's bold uh, consideration of becoming this century's William Jennings Bryan. Oh, yeah. Uh, because what could possibly go wrong with a third Mitt Romney candidacy for president? Only uh, we've been assured that he's going to embrace his Mormon faith a little more enthusiastically. More, more enthusiastically. Like, hey, that didn't work last time. Uh, I'll be religious guy this time. People will love it. Um, I don't know how well people will love it, but I'm sure that the guys from South Park and their Book of Mormon musical can, you know, get their bank accounts ready for another uh, nationwide tour of that show. Well, I don't know how that even helps him. <laughs> I mean, obviously, Utah is is the reddest. eight percent of Americans are Mormons. Red, reddest state in America. But you would think that this some Protestant uh, Southern Baptist would be a little concerned about <laughs> Mitt Romney's Mormonism if that's what he's going to promote. Uh, just uh, another strange event. The <laughs> the leader of the uh, German immigration movement, uh, of course, was exposed. <laughs> Um, in the tabloids, uh, posing uh, for, I don't know what this was exactly, but as Adolf, with the Adolf Hitler mustache, I must say he looks a little bit more like Shemp. <laughs> with, with the Adolf Hitler mustache, he's just got this weird... Uh, yeah, it does look like Shemp. <laughs> kind of weird... Uh, 
scowl on his face. And I said, oh, my God, Shemp was a Nazi. Well, nobody ever really liked Shemp, and maybe that's why. <laughs> yeah, brother. Yeah, Pegida, that's their name, the uh, Ethnically Pure League. Because, of course, Europe's always been ethnically pure. Uh, this is, you know, it's there's nothing else to call it but uh, fascism. I mean, these uh, nativist movements, and of course, they're everywhere in the world. It's not just Germany. Germany's special history uh, merits a little bit of extra concern with the size of this group, which so far seems to be mostly based out of Dresden. But, uh, you know, France has its Jean-Marie Le Pen dead now, mm -hmm. but his daughter continues his right-wing... Uh, Eurocentric uh, hate tradition alive. Uh, we've got these sort of groups here too. Yeah, and and of course, unfortunately for <laughs> Tea Party, Tea, tea Party. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, the Shemp. <laughs> the Shemp. Hey Mo. <laughs> hey Mo. Oh, brother. Um, yeah. What well, the, the thing? Of course, that's. Um, relevant about these movements is that the immigration issue is uh, front and center in many uh, developed countries at this point. Um, it's interesting, the recent Harper's Index um, has a thing that I was going to read about Bobby Jindal. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so I'll read it about Bobby Jindal. It says, number of prison inmates per thousand in China, 1.2. In Russia... 4.8. In the state of Louisiana, 13.4. That's uh, impressive uh, law enforcement going on in Louisiana under Bobby Jindal. But uh, back to the Muslim thing, it's interesting that the percentage of the U.S. population um, that the average American thinks is Muslim, they think it's 15%. The percentage that actually is is 1%. Um <clears throat> The immigration issue, of course, is, is, is ultimately, in my opinion, an economic issue. And when the, the unfortunate thing is that these neo-Nazis and these uh, genuinely racist people uh, get involved in the economic debate, they confuse what's really at the heart of the issue. And then, of course, this undermines the whole movement ultimately and uh, well the the german word for uh, the immigrants uh, is gastarbeiter guest workers yeah so it's clearly economic uh from its outset and that's obviously true here with mexican illegals and know? germany so and france of course no mystery impor imported a lot of guest workers in the 1950s Indeed. and 60s because they uh, had a shortage of male population uh, Machine cause, operators, etc. Uh, World War II. Yeah. <laughs> Adolf Hitler. Thousand-year Reich. Oh, <laughs> that didn't work out. Uh, in fact, my dad, uh, as a professor, actually was in charge one summer of a work abroad program in Germany where uh, students at Ohio University would go work in the auto plants in Germany in the summer so that they could take their six-week vacations. And, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, append their auto production and BMW, Porsche, Mercedes-Benz, on and on. Yes, the Germans make good cars. Of course, another reason, uh, the sort of elephant in the room behind the 
ignorance of the uh, groups who uh, approach immigration surely as a race-related issue is the fact that the middle class has uh, been shrinking for 50, 60 years now. Sure. And so the opportunities for people to, through education or persistent hard work at a specific industry or location, uh, to firmly position themselves within a comfortable middle class situation, uh, those opportunities are gone. Uh, And so everybody's competing for less. And uh, that makes it very easy to victimize uh, those who come from outside to take the crap jobs. And, of course, the diagnosis, the solution in America is simple. You know, corporate profits and corporate pay is too high and worker pay is too low. So if the corporations would get off their behinds and share the wealth a bit more, we don't need to redistribute wealth through the tax system if corporations would simply pay what they owe and do their share as stewards of communities and whatnot. Some corporations are great, some are not. This is part of the problem. And, of course, in the United States, let's remember that the unemployment rate um, for college graduates is 3%. Um, The middle class, quote-unquote, which has always been a very vague term to begin with, uh, many people like to say they're middle class when they're not, um, and people who are actually pretty well-to-do even say I'm part of the middle class, because that can vary from community to community due to the cost of living. You know, in New York City, <laughs> it, it, you know, your rent's going to maybe cost you $40,000 just to, just mm-hmm. to live there in, right. in some places. So, of course, you're going to have to make more money just to survive, and you, you will find day-to-day struggles going on. Well, we had this term in, in Obama's State of the Union called middle-class economics. Um, I don't really know what that means. I would kind of prefer a middle-class lifestyle, Um, but our unemployment rate for high school dropouts is enormous, and it's unclear exactly how high school dropouts function in the 21st century American economy, Uh, what the government can do about that and what the tax code can do about that are kind of unknown quantities. I don't even understand why this debate continues. Obviously, better training uh, more targeted training. I'm not sure that I buy into the community college uh, concept that Obama has because, unfortunately, the record on community colleges, there's a very high dropout rate there as well. Uh, many people drop out for economic reasons, simply can't afford to keep continuing and m- may indeed get dead-end skills. The key is linking up the skills with what's needed in the American economy. Well, and of course, for a lot of those folks, they're struggling to uh, simultaneously support themselves uh, or a family, single parents trying to uh, get some education at a community college. Ultimately, you've the job's more important, you know, to get food on the table. So, uh, why uh, college tuitions uh, have not been tax deductible at the very least has always baffled me. Yeah, and of course, uh, you know, passing, uh, making the Hyde Amendment a permanent part of our uh, <laughs> our social welfare system is hardly a solution either. That seemed to be one of the main markers that the Republican Party wanted to uh, leave in the uh, flotsam Gee. and jetsam of their abortion debate last week, in which, uh, how ironic that it was the Republican women in the House are there any women in the crowd? Well, it turned out there were. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> turned out there were quite a number, and they uh, 
kind of uh, got into a <clears throat> kerfluffle, as they say, over this uh, strange language in this uh, Republican-backed bill uh, requiring that women who who are raped have to report it or else they cannot get an abortion. The abortion bill, of course, uh, had, had other <laughs> major problems. It should have been defeated outright, and Obama has said he will veto it. So we're going to kind of play this game of kabuki theater for, I'm afraid, the next two years. But Bobby Jindal, <laughs> rest assured, is uh, oiling down a white horse somewhere to save America. Yeah, he's going to be like that guy in the uh, Old Spice commercials riding the horse with no shirt on the beach. He's... Uh, He's got Rhett, B- Brett Butler written all over him. <laughs> I'm ready for my solo, my uh, close-up, Mr. DeMille. If only, uh, <clears throat> if only uh, we can uh, address, you know, and of course the Senate had a bunch of uh, meaningless uh, amendments passed over the uh, climate debate issue. Interesting that one of the big actual agreements to come out of India with Obama and Modi uh, meeting this uh, the past couple of days was a sort of an informal agreement on climate change. I noticed that the Republicans in the Senate attempted to defeat the bilateral agreement between China and the United States over climate change. <laughs> like, okay, how does that get America anywhere, period? We're not going to let China tell us what to do on Oh, well, we agreed to it. Never yeah, mind. there's kind of an informal agreement. <laughs> it's an agreement. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's a... We're against agreeing. We're against agreeing. We don't think humans are involved in climate change. But interestingly, 15 Republicans in the Senate actually voted uh, on a bill that says that we are. <laughs> um, fascinating to see yet another uh, spill in North Dakota uh, involving the shale oil, this was actually saltwater contamination from a, quote, massive pipeline spill in northwestern Jeez. North Dakota, which reached the Missouri River, courtesy of the AP, 24th of uh, January 2015. I don't know how many spills have actually occurred, but they seem to almost be a weekly event up there. You know, when all is said and done, somebody's going to need to sit down with a <laughs> ledger book and see what have been the gains for the people and economy of North Dakota in the midst of this so-called boom. Yeah, because well, the- their crystal meth use is off the charts, and they've got these toxic spills happening about every week and a half. So, hey, this has got to be great for your state, right? Yeah, Duck Dynasty has invaded the uh, God, the Swedish German immigration crowd of. Hard-working North Dakotans that uh, deal with that winter weather up there, which is uh, <clears throat> quite cold. Fargo, North Dakota, always, uh, almost always the leader of major American cities and the coldest place to be. Well, so, yeah. major American cities and coldest weather, of course. There's supposedly a big blizzard hitting the East Coast tonight. Yeah, Snowmageddon. And, uh, yeah, uh, number eight or whatever. Number eight or 17 or wherever we're at with snowpocalypse, uh, uh, counts these days, but uh, there's already, you know, uh, safety and uh, warning uh, is going out, uh, stay home, lots of closures and so forth. Uh, of course, with a city like uh, New York City with uh, its own unique set of problems uh, to be shut down by snow for a couple of days, I hope those uh, New York cops won't blame de Blasio for this because uh, yeah. they need to... Uh, 
grow up a little bit. And uh, I mean, when their spokespeople are asking de Blasio to apologize, we're going to keep turning our backs on you. Uh, this is the most childish and petulant behavior. Uh, a snow day isn't going to do anything to make these guys grow up. I mean, when people complain to the police, they can get beat up because the cops can do whatever they want to you. If you're yelling angrily at a cop, not a smart career move. Uh, but if the mayor, who is ostensibly the representative of the people, cannot, even in the mildest terms, criticize the mm -hmm. people whose job it is merely to enforce the law, uh, then who can? Well, and to raise legitimate questions about police policy, because as I believe in the Garner case, which occurred in uh, uh, Staten Island, uh, that may well get uh, hit by this blizzard uh, worse than some places. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's it's the idea that they would even use like four policemen to deal with a guy selling loose cigarettes. Right. It's just who's already down. There's a there's a kind of an over enforcement here, and I think that it was a human tragedy. I don't I don't genuinely believe that the police uh, intended to kill Eric Garner, but I think that it was a situation where because of how they cuffed him and then putting their foot on his back. That's really what caused the homicide. I'm even skeptical of nailing one guy for the quote-unquote chokehold because uh, I, I think this guy died because the, the police had their foot on his back while they were trying to put him in the paddy wagon. And it just is, strikes me as over-policing, period. So reevaluating the whole police policy is, is needed. And it's interesting, by the way, that the— uh, well, this is not official. The New York Times did report last week that— uh, the Justice Department has determined that there were no civil rights violations in Ferguson, Missouri, but that they are continuing to investigate police uh, procedures and tactics and uh, whether or not th there's a problem there. And I think that's the way to go. That's what the laws are there for. If everybody follows them, it, it's in theory supposed to work. All right. Well, we're out of time, I guess. Uh, thanks to Andrew for engineering this evening. Do stay tuned. Yazoo City Calling coming up next right here on WCBN. And by the way, if you rob a, a gas station, don't leave your wallet behind. Apparently some moron in southeast Michigan robbed a 7-Eleven a the other day and left his wallet behind. Oh, damn. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> What do you do when you know that you're wrong? What do you do when you know that you're wrong? What do you do when you know that you know? When you know that you're wrong? You got to face the music. You got to listen to the Cosmos song. You got to face the music. You got to listen to the Cosmos song. What do you do when you know that you know? That you know that you're wrong. What do you do when you know that you know? That you know that you're wrong. You got to face the music. You got to listen to the Cosmos song. You got to face the music. You got to listen to the Cosmos song. What do you do when you know that you know? That you know that you're wrong. What do you do when you know that you know? That you know that you're wrong. You got to face the music. You got to listen to the Cosmos song. You got to face the music. You got to listen to the Cosmos song. WCBN FM and Abba. Good evening. The time is now 7.01, and this is Yazoo City Calling, our weekly 
broadcast dedicated to authentic performances of down-home